0: Hello and welcome to Midriff, the podcast about gender, music, and music gear. My name is Hillary Jones and I'm your host. Uh, so I'm extra super excited about this episode, partly because it was my first time at Nam, and I've been wanting to go for like 20 years and partly because I got to talk to so many great folks and putting this episode together was really like a nice reminder of their beautiful voices. Hey buddies, thanks. Uh, so if you're new to the podcast, which is fair, because I too am new to this podcast because it is new... Uh, and you want to check out more, you can subscribe, rate, or review on your favorite podcast app. So check that out. Or you can find more or sign up for my newsletter at hillarybjones.com slash midriff. And you can keep up on Instagram or Facebook at midriff podcast as well. There are lots of rad interviews coming up. So uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, and I wanted to say, I know that this is about a month out from NAM, so maybe it seems late. I know a lot of people have already done their NAM stuff and they've moved on, but because the podcast is soon, so new, I wanted to establish a couple of interview episodes first that are a little closer to what the standard uh, episode format will be before whiling out on a NAM episode. So here we are uh, NAM was Rad, and I met so many amazing uh, and amazingly nice people and had a Few weird slash hilarious encounters as well as one might guess. Uh, One of my favorites was some guy who I happened to be sitting next to on a table while waiting to talk to uh, to one of my interviewees, and he his lead for our conversation. We hadn't talked about anything, and he just was telling me how he really, really wanted to tell me about how he was the one that connected Guitar Center to Bain Capital and. I, you know, and I just sat there and listened because that's what you do in that situation. Anyway, Uh, so obviously there was a lot of that kind of thing. Uh, Anyway, I stayed at my brother's house in Silver Lake and drove to Anaheim each day. So that was about two hours of driving each day on top of clocking in about 14,000 steps. Plus, I was on East Coast and on East Coast sleep schedule and was waking up at 4 a.m. every day. Uh, it was pretty wild and disorienting. Um, but it also, of course, was a lot of fun. And I was really excited to have the experience. Um, so some general takeaways from Nam. So it was both more and less diverse than I expected, which I will explain in a minute. Uh, there, I would love to research booth behavior and representation. It just was so fascinating to me to see who was at which booth doing what both as uh like an exhibitor from an exhibitor standpoint and from a attendee standpoint just to to watch people's behavior was fascinating uh a lot of people also really really want to make change and this is the people i was talking to so this is a select group of people which was not everyone there obviously and i'll explain more about that in a second but A lot of people really seem to want to make change, but they don't know how to do it. Like they were super excited that I was there to ask questions specifically related to this topic, but they also were just like, I don't know what to do. So they wanted tips on what to do. um, And they also seem to think that very few people were doing a good job. So that's that's that. Um, My personal on a gear on, on the end of gear, I was uh, really, really psyched on a few things, and that's they're all very connected to the things that I'm sort of interested in right now, generally. But one was the Reverend uh, Sentinel short skill uh, basses, which are so rad, um, very comfy, good style, nice shape, uh, sound. I, I didn't get to hear them, but they played really, really well. So I'm just going to go ahead and assume they sound great. Um, I lo- was super psyched on two buzz pedals, the EQD Life pedal. Um, which has gotten a lot of uh, buzz lately. So presumably people have heard that and the Catlin bred Gyga's fuzz, uh, which was rad as well. Both, both great. I would be happy to have either of them on my board. Um, There were also two reverb pedals that I was really excited about, which was um, some of the updates to the red Panda context, which features uh, my, my interest in particular is on the updated spring. Um, uh, spring function and, um, the, uh, surfy bear reverb, they have, I, I think this was their first time at Nam. They had a lot of really cool, uh, spring, um, and spring and like more vintage related, uh, offerings. And, uh, the death by Auto, audio rooms reverb was really cool as well. So a range of reverbs, a range of fuzzes, they're all great. Um, Another thing that I noticed and I didn't walk over there because I just felt weird or like like I was being kind of a creeper or something. I noticed the Dean guitars booth and I, you know, you only hear tell of stories of what happened at NAM in the past. Um but I noticed that the Dean guitar booth was very small. Um it was probably it was as small as some of the like smaller boutique companies and it was kind of like off to the side in the way, way back of the building. Um, so I don't know what that's about. I also, you know, there was one woman there who was kind of in some like, not quite a bikini, but like definitely revealing outfit. Uh, at Every time I walked kind of in that general zone, that's what I saw. But it wasn't, you know, Dean Guitars in particular, I feel like his over the years, had some really, really bad uh, advertising with regard to um, objectification, and so uh, that was just interesting. And I don't know what that's about. I don't know what where the company's at right now, but I was just like, this is fascinating. So, anyway, so my uh, as I was mentioning, my biases came out, and who I felt comfortable interviewing. Um, I interviewed about 20 companies and about, you know, 10 folks who were just sort of like around. And I think that's because I did all the companies first. And then I realized that I <laughs> I should interview some other folks, but also that I didn't. I There's no way I was going to be able to include everyone. So I, I, I wish I could have gotten more people sort of like on the street or whatever, but uh, that didn't happen. So anyway, my own biases came out and who I felt comfortable interviewing, um, so if I didn't interview your company, it doesn't mean that was necessarily the issue. It might have been that I had a hard time um, getting back to it and I didn't had intended to or um, it was too busy. There were too many people or um, something like that. So it's it's really nothing about that at all. Um There was also one company that I was excited to, I guess to to represent this, there was one company I was excited to talk to because one of their pedals is a staple on my board. And I stood there like at their booth for quite a while. And I walked by probably at least three or four times to try to get someone's attention. Um, But nobody would talk to me. Um, And it just, you know, finally, after the fourth time, I just gave up. I was like, I'm not going to trying to get an interview with these folks because clearly they're not interested. Um, you know, people have things to do. I understand that. That's, you know, people are not at Nam to do interviews with small podcasts all the time, but even still, they, d- they didn't know who I was. I could have been a rep at a, you know, or a distributor or something. Anyway, so um, overall, if I went to a booth and it was only middle-aged or older white men there, which was the case with this company, um, I didn't necessarily feel comfortable approaching them um if you know to ask them questions about gender and diversity in the music year industry you know if they came up and talked to me that's one thing if they like initiated the conversation and they seemed interested um then then that's or like they they came up to me and were willing to talk to me that was one thing but if they didn't come up to me that kind of was a sign to me that maybe they weren't interested in talking about that topic um so uh so that was one thing. Um another thing that was interesting to observe was um around diversity was like the the representation at booths. So I mentioned Dean, that's one thing. Um but they were not the only ones who had folks who were dressing, you know, um you know, scantily, I guess at a booth. Now, on it, I have th- and this is where things get complicated, right? Like I have, you know, people who dress lots of different ways for lots of different reasons. And I'm super psyched if that's how people want to dress. Um, I guess my question is the motivation of the booths themselves, if they are selecting people who choose to dress that way or if they're encouraging them to dress that way or, or something, Um, which I don't know if that's the case. I hope it's not. Um, But it did, that definitely did seem to be the case in a lot of, uh, a lot of the booths that I walked by that had women there. So there were more women than I was expecting representing at booths, but also I'm not sure why they were there, if, that, if they were there for that reason or not. And that, you know, I know that that can be interpreted poorly on my end. And that's like, that's, I just want to be honest about that representation, because I just like, I don't know where it's coming from. Um, but I'm I'm glad that the women are there. And I hope that they're not there just because they're, you know, somebody who runs the company wants to draw men to the booth. Um, so I also, this was also uh, colored by one of the conversations that I had one guy I asked I wanted to ask him some questions at a booth and he asked me whether I wanted to interview him or one of his female artists who was there uh, I said that either would be great whichever made more sense to him and he's like well she's hotter and he seemed to have like no concept first that this would not be a motivating for me personally either way or that that was an inappropriate or offensive comment to make um, Just. Didn't even, didn't seem phased by that at all. So it seemed like, like he, that was like an obvious thing that he would consider. Uh, it was very strange. And I, I think like that, I I wasn't sure if people were bringing artists, who, reps for that reason, because he obviously seemed to think that that was a motivating factor. So anyway, um it was also an interesting to see Fender and related companies. Like so, unsurprisingly, Fender, the Fender room was one of the most diverse spaces at NAMM in representation, um, in staffing, in the people who were attending or like you know, look, uh, in in the room. But the the second that I walked across the hall to Kramer and Charvel and the Gretsch room, that dynamic was like totally different. Um, I was one of three women in a room of like seventy-five people. There were no women represented in displays or as staff members, um, at least when I was there. Uh, I and I like those companies, but it was actually sort of jarring to go from the like, you know, the the wide representation of Fender to walking in that room. Um, and uh, I also attended a variety of uh, events at Nam. Um, connected to gender and diversity issues um which were either I would say like sparse in attendance or like slight in analysis like they could have been more nuanced in many cases um uh not across the board, but in some cases, so the best attended of the events that I went to was the women in nam event um there were about two hundred people in attendance uh which, and this is put together by um, Smart Women in Music, um, about 20% of the folks in attendance at that were probably men, I would, if I had to hazard a guess. Um, given that there are about 200,000 attendees at NAM, I was definitely hoping that maybe there would be more people there, but uh, to be fair, it was like Wednesday night before NAM started, so some folks might not have been in town yet. Um, and i know their folks were like having dinner with their crew cuz they just got in or things like that but but still 200,000 people i was i was hoping for more uh i went to a workshop about making change around gender in the music industry which was um mostly led by a woman who is a music therapist who seemed super nice and very knowledgeable but she spent most of the time talking about how to use music therapy theories in making change which which was interesting but um when she, she'd asked, uh, she, she was basically seeming to suggest, uh, using those tools for therapy to make change in yourself. So for example, uh, one of the examples that someone had brought up was a sound guy who was being crappy to you or whatever. Um, but the analysis was on like you using, you know, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy approach on yourself, for example, rather than getting the sound guy to stop being crappy. Uh, <laughs> so they were perhaps Less deep or direct, you know, in the analysis than I would have liked. Um, when I asked about how to make like more sm- systemic change or, you know, prevention um, for this from this guy making the crappy comment in the first place, um, you know, we did, there wasn't really an uh, answer to that. She seemed great. So it was really not about that. And maybe that wasn't the focus of her, of her talk and I'm glad I'm glad that she was doing the talk, but it was just interesting that there was the al- analysis was on the individual experience rather than on like how to make more global change. Um, so so that was something uh, I also attended a really great panel on diversity in the music industry, which was put together by Laura Whitmore of the Women's International Music Network, uh, and it featured Moya Nkrumah from Fender, Laura Davidson from Sure, musician and BJ Militia. And uh, Mallory Niece from Reverb, um, who I also ended up doing an interview with with as well. And she, so so there was an awesome conversation and there were lots of great tips about how companies can make change. Um, it was really exactly the type of conversation I was hoping would be happening at NAM. Um, So I was really, really excited to be there and that they were having it. The thing that was really disheartening was that there were maybe like 15 or 20 people there, if I'm being generous. Uh, 20 is being generous, I think. Uh, so, and it was weird because it was in this space where there was like lots of people walking around outside the space. You could hear them. Um, and I had attended a panel on podcasting a day earlier with like 200 people in attendance. So it really, I would say the fact that no one was there really soured my view, um, of the intentions of many folks at gear companies to make change, which really, it was a bummer. Because um, it was I was like this is where people should be. where is everyone? I mean obviously this is not the the motive motivation for everyone, but um, I would is expecting at least you know fifty people, for example. Uh, so even if you know even if the change is like monetarily motivated rather than morally motive motivated, I would have expected more people to be there, uh, which is obviously not what it should be, but is the case for some folks uh, and I know that many folks have to be at their booths, especially if it's a, you know, super small operation. But the fact that I'd seen so many at other panels or workshops, um, means that many people are able to prioritize attending things outside of working booths if they really want to. And that it's, uh, obviously doubly the case for folks who are attendees and not exhibitors. Like why weren't they there? So anyway, uh, Getting to the interviews. So, I decided to do interviews with people to hear their thoughts. Um, you know, I was just curious. I was like, I'm here. Let's do some interviews. I want to hear what people have to say. Uh, so, I, as I said, I did tw- 20 interviews with companies, 10 with people who were um, attendees or folks who are just walking around. And uh, you can see the full list of who I interviewed in the show notes, um, and I'll do my best to tag folks on social media too. Um, so here is who I interviewed, and I will include their names before they speak as well. So I interviewed uh, Mitch from Empress, Ryan from Fuzz Rocious, Mike, Zach, and Joel from Chase Bliss, uh, Sylvie, Randy, Andy, and Andy from Red Panda, Lindsay and Ted from Surfie Industries, Mallory from Reverb, Zach from SJC Drums, Emily from Outlaw Drums, Court from Walrus Audio, Corey uh, from Earthquaker Devices, Mike from Alexander, and Heather, Heather from Death by Audio, Dwayne and Kendra from Revelation Cables, Audrey from Ernie Ball Music Man Stingray, uh, Penny from Reverend, Liz from Diadario, and Patrick Hunter, um, who is a uh, bass demo YouTuber. So uh, we're going to get started with the conversation right now. So I had three to four questions that I ended up asking people depending on their role, whether they were somebody who uh, was uh, from a company, whether they were in a, somebody who was just an ent- attendee. Um, and I you know they changed a little bit from here to, here to there. but basically the questions were, what, what did you bring to NAM? or what was your favorite thing you've seen at NAM? Who is doing gender and diversity well in the industry? Um, if you could have any cis woman, trans, or non-binary person playing your gear, who currently isn't, who would it be? And how would you recommend that folks make change to improve gender and diversity in the industry? And so that's where their questions are coming from. That's what that's what I asked them. A, and I will go through, um, and I'm just going to kind of like play, I'm going to play a number of their responses to each question after the question is asked. <laughs> Well, let's get started. So the first question that I asked is what was your favorite thing that you brought to NAM?" So I asked this both to, well I asked it to companies and then I also asked it to individuals the favorite thing that they saw at NAM. So we'll start with the companies and I'll say their names first and then you'll hear their favorite thing that they brought to NAM. All right we're gonna start out with Mitch from Empress. Um, we've got the Zoya Euro Bureau it's gonna come out in a couple
1: months and it's like a, our Zoya pedal in a Euro rack form. So that's what I'm really excited about.
0: Next, we've got Ryan from Fuzz Rocious
1: We're coming out with a pedal called Croak.
2: It's an expressive double filter fuzz, and we're super excited about it. Um, you can you can take your sound and just turn it into like frog lasers.
0: Who doesn't want frog lasers? That's my question. Uh, so up next we have Mike, Zach, and Joel from Chase Bliss. The CXM 1978, and it's
3: a collaboration with this other really really cool company called. Maris and oh just so the podcast listeners know I, I stutter this is Joel so when you hear stuff like that that's what's happening um, it's it's uh, inspired by the Lexicon 224 which we you know we both have an affinity for but it's also expanding on that expanding on those sounds and it's part of our automaton line so the controls are um, motorized which it's fun to see controls move.
0: Up next is Sylvie, Andy, and Randy from Red Panda.
4: The Context uh, is the new product that we're showing. Uh, It's Reverb Pedal that's been out for a while, but we're doing uh, an updated version of it. So the version two is out today. Um, It'll be shipping in April, but we just added um, a whole new layer of features, uh, preset switching, some dynamic control, um, just a a lot of the things that people have been asking us to do. Um, so we're really excited about that.
0: Next is
4: Lindsay and Ted from
0: Surfy Industries.
4: We have a couple new pedals. Our entire line is based on vintage equipment and it's all analog. We enjoy uh, the old warm sounds and they're all made in Sweden and we're the U.S. importers. We have uh, a new pedal that replicates the brown face interface of a fender amp that it gives you a nice warm presence sound. It actually is just presence on and off. It's a little hard to uh, to understand until you really hear it in person. And then we have a shortened, more pedalboard-friendly reverb tank with a real crash and a real real springs in it. And we have all of our other pedals. This is our first year at NAMM, so technically everything's new. Up next, we have
0: a. It gets a little bit louder here with the folks in the drum zone. We'll start with Zach from SJC Drums.
5: Hello everyone. So for SJC, it's our 20th anniversary and what we've done is with our custom drums, which is what we're mainly known for, we've gone really back to the old school designs and are bringing back what started SJC, what people loved about us. So all the new products have a lot of SJC DNA from the old days and a lot of people are really loving what they see. So go to our website, check it out, see what we got to offer.
0: Next, we have Emily, who's representing Outlaw Drums.
6: All right, so uh, the coolest thing we have at Nam, and this is the first year for Outlaw. uh, So we have a lot of neat products that haven't been featured here before, but one of the greatest things, in my opinion, are the segmented shell drums. These are custom-made by Outlaw, by Michael Outlaw and his crew, and these drums are not Keller shells or previously built shells. They're made right there in the shop, and I think that they're really special.
0: And we're back in the guitar zone with Court from Walrus Audio. Uh,
7: so we brought our uh, our new, it's called the Walrus Audio D1 High Fidelity Stereo Delay. It's a project we've been working on for a really long time. And uh, I'm so pumped that it's out and people are playing it. And I think most of the people uh, really like it. So.
8: Hey, that's good.
7: It's encouraging. It's like, oh,
0: great, thanks. You spent a lot of time on it, a lot of hard work. And now it's in the world. Totally. Yeah. And people like it.
7: For the most part. I think so. Yeah. Nobody's written down anything, but I've seen a lot of smiles and a lot of people sticking around. So that's good. That's a good sign.
0: That's a good sign indeed.
9: (laughs) A plus. Nice job.
0: Okay. We've got Fiona from D'Angelico.
9: Angelico. Uh, So this year we have a lot of new different colors and everything. I think rose gold and matte wine, they're really nice colors. They are real nice. They are beautiful. Yes, they're really nice. We also have a new uh, Bedford SH, which is a new body the shape that we're coming out with. So that's really something to keep an eye out. A lot of fun, new colors and everything.
0: Next, we have Corey from Earthquaker. And I will note that uh, I have an interview with Julie Robbins from Earthquaker, who's CEO over there, coming up in the next uh, few episodes as well.
10: Yeah, Uh, so today we have uh, three new offerings, the first of which is our Life Pedal which is a collaboration we did with Sun, where you have a analog uh, monophonic uh, octave going into the distortion, then going into a boost, and the octave is controllable with an expression pedal. Then we have our new Afterneath mod- synth module that you have CV control over the mode, drag, reflect, and diffuse knobs in and out in a effects loop for the reflect send. And we also have the new uh, Afterneath pedal that also has the nine different modes, which uh, sets the drag knob to different quantization values, so you can go sweeping through different scales with your reverb,
11: uh, and then that's, that's about it, yeah.
0: And here we have Mike from Alexander Pedals.
11: Hey, so at NAMM, we are releasing our brand new Superball pedal. It is a kinetic modulator. Uh, totally weird, totally fun. Super obnoxious, and it's great. Uh, we're also releasing the Magnolia Overdrive, which is a faithful recreation of Matthew's own '67, I believe, Fender Deluxe. Um, super great sounding overdrive, three-band EQ instead of the standard two on that amp, uh, and drive and gain, con- drive and level controls as well.
12: Now we have Heather from Death by Audio. Uh, so we have a new pedal out for NAM. It's called Rooms. It's our first stereo reverb pedal. Uh, we been in the works for two years, so we're we're pretty stoked that it's finally uh, out there. All right,
0: we're getting towards the end of our new gear. This is Dwayne and Kendra from Revelation Cables.
1: We just started putting out a new line of tweed cables. Um, we have a dark gold tweed and a white gold tweed that um, is super unique. Um, and then I have a new gray tweed that hasn't been released yet. So.
0: All right, cool. We have Audrey from Stingray, Ernie Ball Music Man.
13: One of my favorite things that we got going on this year is we have a new finish for our James Valentine signature model. He's the guitarist for Maroon 5, and uh, it's really cool, vintage sunburst body, um, roasted maple neck, sick guitar. I love it, I want it. I have to look at it every day. I want to buy it. Now we have Penny
0: from Reverend Guitars. We're doing the Contender Series. It's a flat top,
14: a single cut Set Neck model with a six in line headstock, variety of pickup options in fun colors, and the Roundhouse, which is a carved top, and that's in classic plain maple colors. The Robin Fink signature model,
0: the Mike Watt signature model, lots of new stuff going on. Oh my god, that Mike Watt is so awesome. It's so good. Thank you. And the new short scales, I think you're saying they're called the Citadel, right? Oh, the Sentinel. Sentinel, that's what I meant, Sentinel. Yes, they are. Really great, I'm so excited about those. Thank you very much, we're excited too. I'm a sucker for a short scale base, what can I say? Uh, So last, but absolutely no way least, we have
8: Liz from Diadario. Thanks for the question. Uh, This is a wonderful year for us because we've been leaning on a lot of advancements in technology in a whole bunch of our different brands. Um, Starting with the, the biggest and kind of most exciting first, we have our XT strings for, not just guitar, but a whole wide family of fretted instruments. These are made with a proprietary coding process that helps the strings last longer, um, but the coding itself is imperceptible, so it's kind of like you're playing completely uncoated regular strings. And these are available for guitar, banjo, mandolin, all sorts of different string families. Um, We also have a whole bunch of wonderful innovations in our percussion department, including our UV-2 heads and our Spire Mallet series. The Spire Mallets are intended for the the scholastic and orchestral mallet crowd, and we spent a lot of time innovating our winding string technology into the process for applying yarn to the outside of our mallets. So it's really cool, and I recommend checking that out.
0: As you can hear, just a wild amount of awesome new gear at NAM, as one might expect. Uh, hopefully there was some new stuff in there that you haven't heard about already in all of the other NAM roundups, but um, regardless it's nice to hear it from their mouth. So I do want to scoot on to the next question, which was uh, asked predominantly of the companies themselves and exhibitors, which was uh, who if you could have any cis woman, trans, non-binary person playing your gear who currently doesn't, who would it be? Starting out again here with Mitch from Empress. Octa, Octa.
1: Cool. Why? Call me. I, it's just great house music. It's awesome.
0: Ryan from Puzz Roches.
2: It's such a hard question, but I think the e- it's. I, I know it sounds like an easy way out, but I want anybody to play our gear. I don't care they are, what color they are, how they were born, or how they feel, it doesn't matter. I just want them to play our pedals because it doesn't matter whether you're on a stage or in your bedroom. We're stoked that you're playing our stuff. So if you like frog lasers, you should be getting Croak.
0: Mike, Zach, and Joel from Chase Bliss. I think that for me, I, I personally would like Susan Alcorn, or
7: Katarina Barbieri, or uh, Susan Gianni, or Kate Lario-Smith, be using our stuff. I think they uh, could do some really incredible stuff with it and I don't think any of them use any of our pedals but there's a lot of gear out there, you know?
10: Well, um, it'd be really cool to see those guys in Mapmost using it. Those guys have done a lot of work with Bjork and uh,
0: I just think they do lots of really interesting like sound sculpting and that sort of thing. Sylvie, Randy, and Andy from Red Panda.
15: Um, One of my favorite guitarists in New York is Mary Halverson and her use of pedals is always really inspiring and in-depth and I feel like um the stuff she's able to pull out of something like a rat that's inspiring if if she was to sit down with something of ours that is like uh can take a lot more time to explore it could be really rewarding to listen to so that that's one person that I've always thought would uh really use them well and yeah
0: Lindsay and Ted from Surfy Industries um uh, Brandy Carlisle
1: including the high women that uh, we would love that um Let's see who else. Valerie June would be great. Do you have anybody? Uh, the,
4: uh, from Mexico.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, and as far as surf music goes, um, there are some bands that, uh, have at least, uh, if not all female members, at least some female members, including, um, the Centeas from Mexico, the Humaguma from Mexico, the Jets from Toronto, Canada, uh, and the Neptunas from here
0: in Southern California. Zach from SJC.
5: As of right now, we would love to have Annika Niles playing SJC. She's a huge inspiration to drummers all over the world, male, female. Um, and, but yeah, the uh, the female drumming community really seems to gravitate towards her. She's unbelievable, she shreds, and I think she'd be a great fit for SJC.
0: Emily representing Outlaw Drums. Okay
6: my first instinctual answer to that question is annika niles she is such a good drummer and i look up to her greatly and to see her playing these
0: drums that i love would be a beautiful mesh in my opinion hmm interesting next we have court from walrus uh
7: that's a great question i think i mean over the course of playing guitar for the long you know for for as long as I've been playing guitar, which really isn't that long, I guess. But, you know, Bonnie Raitt has been one of my guitar heroes uh, for a long time. And the way that she, the way that she communicates passion with the slide uh, is something I wish I could do in my wildest dreams. And, but also, I mean, the songwriting is top shelf too, you know? So it's like, I mean, she's not more than a triple threat in a lot of ways. So, but she has no idea who I am or who we are. And maybe one day, maybe one day she'll she'll plug in a
0: walrus pedal. Hashtag walrus pedals. Hashtag Bonnie Raid. You'll notice in most of the interviews featuring me, uh, I am just screaming loudly into the nam abyss so I can be heard, uh, which is why I cut myself out. Uh, <laughs> so uh, up next is Fiona from D'Angelico. This is a
9: good question because um, recently we've been, you know, with branching out of social media and everything we've been getting a lot more women playing instruments a lot more influencers that I've met that are Instagram famous and YouTube real good um, real good inspirations for other women I have other women come in and they're like I saw this girl's video like she was playing a D'Angelico, like it was really cool like I asked her about like you know where where she got it and everything like that it's really cool Um, I think really good guitar players that are women like that are Rocking now, I think St. Vincent is really good. I've seen something, some really good stuff coming from her. Um, that would be cool. Lady Gaga, also, big, I'm a big Lady Gaga fan. That would be amazing. If her getting up there playing one of our acoustics would be really cool. Uh, giving something to go on tour with Lana Del Rey would be cool too. All these fun young women that are doing really great in the music industry. Corey from Earthquaker.
10: Uh, yeah, I think Carol K would be really sweet because i would never seen her play like the Life Pedal, for example. Having Carol K on bass through the Life Pedal would be just a joy to see.
0: I think that would be a lot of fun. That would bring me so much joy, really. Yeah. I, and, and everyone awesome. around, I think, would be happy about that situation. Oh, sure. Yeah. Like,
10: Carol K ripping it on the octave fuzz thing, <laughs> like that's awesome. Yeah,
0: obviously. Mike from Alexander Pedals.
11: Kate Eldridge from Big Eyes, always a big one. I do believe she just uh, got uh, overdrive from us in the mail. So hopefully that collection will build. Erica Badu, always, always super great. I would love to see her incorporate all of our gear in her work. And then Una from Raleigh, a local artist, is absolutely amazing. She's a great guitar player. I think she just did a cover up set of the white stripes that I'm really bummed I
12: missed cuz I was here.
0: Heather from Death by Audio. Well,
12: my favorite singer-songwriter is Natasha Khan of Bat for Lashes, so I would love if she ever wanted to use our pedals, that would be amazing. I'll send her whatever she wants. Uh, I could I could see her really loving the Echo Master, which is our vocal delay. Dwayne and Kendra from Revelation Cables.
1: Uh, I really like what Sarah Lipset is doing. It's just plays incredibly and the fact that she's now working with um, Iggy Pock is awesome so that would be great.
0: Audrey from Ernie Ball Stingray.
13: Casey Musgraves. I love her and I want to see her playing that guitar. I want to see her playing the valentine. Get up there sis. Do it. Do it. Don't stop. Just keep playing it. Yeah. Heck yeah. Do it girl.
0: And last for this question, we have Patrick Hunter, who is a bass demoer and talked about some other rad bass demo folks. So there are two very specific
16: women that I can think of. Sarah Longfield, uh, she is just an insane guitarist by by herself, but also just a composer, too. She makes some insane, weird, out-there, trippy soundscapes, and then all these insane, just Weird time signatures, and then uses it so fluidly with different effects and everything. And then for bass, like a really genuinely great bass player on uh, YouTube is Real Beal, and she's somebody that when I first saw her channel, it was just like, I love watching this person. You feel like you know them, you feel like you trust them, and they have just have such a beautiful like gleam about them where it's just like I want to befriend. Her. like she just seems so genuine in everything too where just goofy knows like hey I'm just making a video for the internet why not and it's just seeing the real side of somebody like that is so loving and just something where it's just like endearing too where it just it makes when I watch her videos I want to make sure that I'm not coming across as stoic stonewall sort of thing where it's just
0: why are you a robot
16: I know exactly I ask myself that every single day too. But just watching her, she's always smiling and just goofing. If she messes up a little bit, she's like, oh, well, who cares? And it's like, to me, watching her, like, we have completely different styles of bass playing too. But just watching her videos is just inspirational. In a sense of just like, I want to be making videos as enjoyable as hers.
0: What an amazing list of folks. I... Uh, went and researched everyone that I hadn't heard of before and it really is a real a range of genres represented there I highly recommend you checking uh, folks out I'll have everyone listed in the show notes and um, please take a look they're so good uh, up next we have the question who is doing gender and diversity well in the music ear industry other than your own company I asked this question because I was honestly just curious. I was I wanted to know who other other companies think is doing like legitimately doing a good job, and uh, beca- also because I feel like that's not something that we focus on enough. Um, we want to know who who is actually getting it right um, instead of always just focusing on people who are getting it wrong. We'll start here with Mitch from Empress once again. I was gonna say no one, but
1: I I think 4ms is. I've seen 4ms do some cool stuff.
0: Ryan from Fuzz Rocious Earthquaker Devices has it down. <laughs> they know
2: exactly what they're doing. What's next? Uh, I mean, there's, there's just, there's so many, so many companies that we aspire to. But uh, all Blood Noise too is another absolutely impressive company that we absolutely aspire to to having that type of vision.
0: Mike, Zach, and Joel from Chase Bliss, Moog, and uh, Make Noise, and Earthquaker. At least at least in the
3: guitar effects industry, it's like I don't know, I couldn't hear what the other people said you, you said because it's Nam. but like Earthquaker, you know I mean that would uh, uh, Sarah is someone who we would love to use our pedals too, but you know she works for Earthquaker so but we all think she's fucking amazing, you know. Chris Benson
0: also, you know is really good about that kind of stuff as well. Sylvie, Randy, and Andy from Red Panda
4: i love what she shreds the magazine has done just in terms of representing a variety of people um a lot of other guitar magazines don't do that so super well so it's really nice to see uh, an organization like really focusing on that
15: it's lovely to have spaces like she shred and tom tom that are just dedicated but um i think the you know, the last couple of years, like, this, the worst She Shred has done has obviously impacted other magazines, like Guitar World and stuff, where they stopped doing, like, basically, like the swimsuit issue, you know, stuff like that that's just, like, repugnant and went on for too long, but I think there has to be more work done to um, make things more inclusive, not just exclusive. Just stopping the exclusive practice does not mean it is a, a more inviting space, you know? So I think there's more space that could be made to bring people in. Um, I also think a lot of employment across the board is pretty like um, cishet you know um, and it's like pretty much for the most part like all men I've worked with some other companies and that's just that's just how it is um, but even in the areas there are plenty of other people who are musicians there are plenty of people who are coming into the company with no prior knowledge of the thing and it doesn't make sense why it's just this like continuing cycle of uh, just dudes
0: Lindsay and Ted from Surfy Industries.
4: Earthquaker. Earthquaker yes, they make up, they actually do a fairly good scene of making it about uh, having a small boutique line that they personally are involved in. And I think that that's important for a woman to be able to come forward and say, hey, I'm actually a part of this. I'm not just a partner to it. And I can talk about it, I can make them, I can do all of that. And they, they have small events from what I've seen of uh, making sure that. Individual stores and owner and musicians can come in and talk to them and feel comfortable about their products.
1: Just in general, walking around. I mean, of course, this is mainly a sausage party, but I am encouraged that. The, I mean, last year and then even more. I think this year, uh, seeing women in like uh, a role, you know, either having their own company or having their own booth, or at least being a partner or whatever that. And not just like hanging around or with their boyfriend or their husband or their partner or whatever.
4: I'm not a sound designer, but I've noticed that they have the sound girls uh, support the, the group doing the, um, I guess it's courses and uh, meetups throughout the entire weekend. And I, I think that's great. I'm going to add Mallory,
0: who is the head social media strategist at Reverb, to the conversation now, who also responded to this question.
17: Um, My first thought that came to my mind was Fender. And I would say that because I can tell kind of from, I I work in social media and I can tell from their social presence that they've taken a lot of cues from publications like She Shreds, um, which is something that I think a lot of companies should take into account um, is to When they're trying to give a voice to a demographic that's been underserved is to pay attention to the resources that that demographic has created for itself and she shreds is obviously a wonderful thing for women guitarists and bassists and musicians of all kinds and i can kind of see in fenders most recent campaigns and like for the last several years actually um they have been featuring a lot more Um, women artists, a lot more diversity in general, and it doesn't come across as inauthentic in any way, and I think that that's that's wonderful, and it's great to see such such a huge part of the music industry um, really succeeding in that way.
0: Zach from SJC Drums. And, you know, in the industry as a whole,
5: I feel like it's pretty well spread out in terms of, uh, you know, the rosters that manufacturers have for their artists, whether male, female, um, and that they are given a lot of love. I've I've seen more of a push of female presence in the past couple of years, which is awesome to see. Um, And I think we have been a good example of that. But I think of brands like Fender, um, they've done a really good job being very inclusive. Um, I think Zildjian is another company that's been doing a really good job. So you get drums, guitar. Um, So it's nice to see and I think it's something that is important to You know, keep at the forefront, keep in mind, because there are so many. We have Christina Sciano, for example. She is the biggest YouTube drummer, I think, on the planet right now. Been playing SJC forever. um, And, yeah, she's just crushing it. So if we can show love to all these different types of musicians, all these different people, and give them a a stage, why not? Because they're just going to help us grow our businesses.
0: Emily representing Outlaw Drums. So that's a great question.
6: Uh, I saw over at the Vader booth that Vader has loads of women represented. And I'm very proud to see that. And I know several women who work with Vader. Um, And there was also um, Sabian. I mean, they've been endorsing all kinds of women and representing women for a while. But I've seen even more recently. It's good to see such a big company representing.
0: Court from Walrus Audio.
7: Uh, You know, some of my favorite people that, that are highlighting that. Uh, she Shreds Magazine uh, is doing a lot. Um, and Fabi, I think, is doing a wonderful job like kind of bringing that uh, that culture kind of together and everybody kind of like finding each other um, and, uh, and also giving voice to that. And then also I think Earthquaker Devices has been on the forefront um, Of just all inclusion, of like, hey, we're just all musicians, you know. Because I mean, the music music instruments industry was kind of a bro party for a long time, and I don't know if you've been to a bro party, but it gets old really fast. Uh, And so, I think companies like Earthquaker and you know, publications like She Shreds and uh, you know, are kind of uh, shining a light on the industry as a whole, on who who here is actually in our group, you know. And I think they're doing a great job with that.
0: Fiona from D'Angelico
9: I think a lot of other companies are starting to branch out and obviously guitar world seems very male dominated it's always like older dudes like jamming out and everything but I think aside from us doing a really good job of incorporating all different kinds of people with um, our brand and expanding through them and everything um, a few other guitar companies like you know ones that we compete with and are working with and all of that um, are doing well too I see a lot of women playing some tailors and acoustic stuff like that. It's really cool. Yeah.
0: Corey from Earthquaker Devices.
10: Well uh, uh, our old uh, demo artist, Lisa Belladonna, well, not our old one, but you know, she's working over at Moog uh, this Nam. but I'd say Moog because you know she they're really like leaning into her quite a bit and she's an amazing musician uh, and it's just really I know that's a dream for her too because she's always been a big moog fan. So I'd say that company is really, like, kind of doing some cool stuff with that.
0: Mike from Alexander
11: Pedals. Um, Death by Audio, always great. Their lineup of artists is about as diverse as it gets. Um, you know, Bullet Cable and Chase Bliss are all doing great work with great artists, too.
0: Heather from Death by
11: Audio.
12: Um, well, I really look up to Julie at Earth Waker, um... I think she is a strong woman and she doesn't take any shit, which I admire and I appreciate. Um, So, yeah, I'd say they're doing a pretty good job of that. And I know they have quite a few uh, women
18: uh, employed there, too. I asked
0: this question of a number of attendees as well, uh, and this is what they had to say. We'll start with Alexa and Jada.
18: So, I'd say there's very few female drummers, but it's getting better because um, there's... The, the more we have represented, um, the less intimidated we'll be. Um, so I've seen the SJC Customs have a lot, like the drummer from Dollskin, they're like a big, they're a band signed by a punk independent label called Hopeless Records, and um, they have her represented. represented um, um, also, Los Cabos, I've heard, which is what Jada is represented by. Do you want to say something about that? Um, I think Los Cabos uh, does very
19: well in um, like representing females, and uh, like I find it really cool because they have a lot of female artists already. They have few, and uh, the actually I know that the the person the person who actually makes the drumsticks and Uh, makes them pitch perfect and matches the weight. is actually a female as well Uh, and I find that really amazing Uh, and there are so many drum companies especially now that the female drumming community has grown a lot more there are a lot of companies now endorsing and representing other female artists and I think that's really amazing and this is an
0: attendee named Erica.
20: I mean, I don't know, actually, <laughs> like, I'm still thinking, because a lot of the big brands that have big, uh, just all kinds of artists, for example, 64 Audio is an inner company. Um, I like following them on Instagram because they repost a lot of stories and a lot of things that uh, different bar- brands uh, use, and they call themselves a 64, like, family. And they just, anyone, anyone who mentions them. And I see a lot of, like, just different people of all sizes and shapes and colors and just like, and they just really don't care like who their brand is and who like, you know, is using them. They just want to create this family of just anyone. Or they do care. (laughs) Um, Yeah, they they do care. Just so like, yeah.
0: Extra care.
21: Definitely. I agree. Yeah.
0: And next we had a couple of attendees named Sunshine and Nirvana.
21: Um, I think, um, in general, there's a lot of amazing female musicians that have really, like, stepped up to the plate. Um, There's some publications that have come out, um, including She Shreds. I believe they're out of Oregon. Um, That's basically a female-dominated publication, but I think more of those are needed because I don't think that women necessarily get the amount of attention that males do. I don't know if that's just a percentage thing if more men play women or, like, what the... Or more men... (laughs) more men do play women um if more men play uh instruments or what that is or what the statistics are on that but I know that you see a lot more men or it is like a very male dominated industry so it's nice to see you know musicians or you know publications that are coming out and representing you know females and now we have another attendee
0: named Johanna
14: well, I have to say, just at that booth, um, the Railhammer booth, I got to talk to a woman who works there named Madison. And I'm a musician. And she instantly started to talk to me about having women and non-binary people be part of the Railhammer family. And I was just like, fuck, yeah, let's talk about that. Um, so it was really a welcoming and nice conversation to have here, and I really was not expecting to have something like that. Um, Yeah, so I felt really good about that.
0: And next we have another attendee named Dina.
4: Well, to be honest with you, I would like to say that all of the companies, so to speak, are definitely taking part into the gender, uh, how can I say, aspect. Uh, Being that where the world is going today, they are definitely focusing in on all genders, shall I say.
0: And we're gonna close this conversation out with a few more attendees, Sarah, John, Raj, and Shilpa.
22: I have one idea. We really would have to think on this, but um, they're not doing a good job in other areas, but Spotify um, features um, a lot of artist development videos, and they do feature uh, a lot of what I feel like are, um, like, it's very equality-based. There's lots of female um, artists in different, um, aspects of the industry so and speaking of Melanie Fay I'm excited to see her I'm going to see her next oh, okay I hope she's still playing but um, yeah so I would say that one aspect of Spotify they're doing a good job in terms of um, gender diversity but also just like cultural diversity
9: um, well I've like recently heard of this organization called smart women in music and uh, I heard about them because one of my colleagues and friends Christy Jacobson is a scholarship winner this year so I know they're doing a lot of work towards bringing more women into the front, and I think that's amazing. Yeah,
23: I think uh, just from what I've seen at the show personally, the Pearl uh, the Pearl Room upstairs, they seem to be uh, making a really concerted effort to include a lot of female drummers and also uh, drummers from you know various minority groups, and I think just from going up there and looking at their feature list, um, it's pretty evident that they're trying to put themselves, put their best feet forward, I guess, and like jump into the next decade with a really good roster of a lot of different people really
24: I don't know if I have a good one for this I mean I like to see like organizations like um rock and roll camp for girls that's where we met um that is where like we met and became friends we were volunteers and seeing like the next generation of young women own space and like take up space in the industry and just even as musicians I I think that all those programs are really helpful as far as a company I I honestly can't think of one that's really like to me represents women unless it's like just for like just women or, you know, like they have lines of guitars that are just for women and stuff. But as far as like a big company, I don't know if I have one that comes to mind.
0: So that was the mostly posy, I guess, as you could hear, not entirely posse section of the interviews. So. You know, interesting themes that came out there. It was it was really nice to hear folks shouting out some people who are doing a good job. The themes that I heard there were mostly around um, like she shreds and swim, Um, and then for companies, Earthquaker, Death by Audio, and Fender were the ones that seemed to come up the most, um, which is super interesting. So, if you're looking to make change, definitely like thinking about um, and and watching what those folks are doing is a really good uh, really good idea. So. Moving ahead, uh, and one thing I wanted to note a couple of notes about the responses that I thought were interesting. So, you know, two of the two of the things that were listed were actually not technically gear companies, right? So it's She Shreds and uh, Swim. Like they're folks who are making space uh, for for women, uh, for trans folks, for non-binary folks, and so that's you know, it's interesting that that was one of the things that came up instead of specific companies in many cases. Um, and it's also interesting to think about, like, how people were deciding who did a good job. Like, what were the metrics they were thinking of? And in some cases, they would they talked that out. And it seemed like mostly people were saying, like, okay, do they have, like, cis women in ownership? Do they have um, staff who are women? Do they have, like, how diverse is their endorsement roster? That was a big one. And also, um, sh- how much do they shout out or feature uh, women, trans people, non-binary folks, folks of color in their social media. So that was kind of the 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 way it seemed like people were measuring. So it's just interesting to see that. Um, so we're gonna move on now to the very last question that I asked folks and not everyone got this question and it mostly went out to folks who were cis women trans non-binary folks and by default then that meant that most of the people who got that question were not actually at companies but were all attendees but there's there's a mix of both and there are some cis men in there as well Um, so anyway we'll move forward and I will say I think that this is actually the most important question of all so uh, very excited to dig into these responses so we're going to start off here with Lindsey and Ted from Surfy Industries. I mean, I think in general, there are still
1: a lot of exceptions of people trapped in the dark ages. But I kind of feel like um, if everybody kind of steps up and keeps going with being open to, you know, there's, there's more and more um, players in uh, you know trans, cis, everybody you know uh it's not just like this male phallic you know obsession and um and uh, you know everybody just you know and especially in, on both on the business side and the artist side and just like uh, you know it's come a long way we heard these stories about nam in the 80s it was like bikini girls you know and it was you know it's like you know a, a warrant a video or something, like a hair and metal band video, and and that was, you know, that's there's there's some remnants of that still, definitely, that I can't believe, but...
4: I, I feel like with the way that we have communication these days with social media and that sort of thing, there's space for everyone, and there's definitely more interest in having um, a diverse audience and a diverse band, and there's really no reason why they shouldn't be coming here and having, interacting with booths, interacting, having booths themselves, making products. I mean, there's no way to change it if you don't step out there and do it. Outlaw Drums artist Emily.
6: Another good question. So um, I am really big into trans representation. I should actually make that even more general and just say minority representation in any variety. And as as we all know, uh, the music industry tends to be male dominated so just seeing women to begin with is wonderful but if we could branch out even more and get folks who are not the norm uh, represented uh, you know with all the posters and the um, boards behind the booths and stuff I, I would love to see that just more
0: prominent Fiona from D'Angelico
9: just adding more women in the catalog of any of anything being on the you know, even not being just a musician but being on the back end of the business and everything like that. So it's just it's a combination of many different things. Women in audio engineering, that's a big thing too. Musicians and business women and you know, lawyers and everything. Everything that is all connected together.
0: Next we have Heather from Death by Audio.
9: Well, I guess just accepting women
12: in general, like it's you notice that even here, it's still like they almost treat you like you're not as intelligent or something, you know, or still like winking at you or, you know, oh, you look great, you know, and it's just kind of like, okay, but that doesn't matter. Like, I'm here to talk about pedals and music and gear. So
0: literally not why I'm here.
12: Yeah. 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 I'm not here to look cute. So,
0: yeah. Dwayne and Kendra from Revelation Cables.
13: Um, I think... So, since I've joined my husband in this company, I have just noticed. Um,
0: I mean, our the facts are that our our customer base is ninety five percent men,
6: um, and we know there are women guitarists out there. Um, we think that we
0: make things that women guitarists would love, and so we we. We are constantly trying to think of ways to reach them um, without, of course, trying to single anyone out um, and just be sincere. It is coming from our hearts, and we just
13: would love to see uh, just more women.
0: Audrey from Ernie Ball Stingray.
13: I just want to see more women everywhere. I want to see us featured in the demo videos. I want to see us just everywhere. You know, it's a very male dominated industry if you look around there's a line at the men's room that doesn't happen in a whole lot of places um so yeah i just want to see us have more visibility so that you know the young girls have something to look up to see themselves in uh you know older women we got we have a job to do got to inspire
0: penny from reverend
13: i would recommend that they
14: stay away from making pink guitars for girls or Fun colored, fun shaped guitars for girls. Because women aren't really aren't any different than men. They all want to play different things. Every woman is different. They have different tastes. So you just have to treat women like humans and I think it would be better.
0: Patrick Hunter here speaking mostly in reference to YouTube videos and social media sharing.
16: If you share someone else's videos, it takes two seconds, but it means the world. It could change everything. It could help them in any way, shape, or form, which is be open and be, don't be you know an asshole. It was just like one of those things, just don't have something nice to say, don't say it all, but it's just like at the same time, it's like if you think something very positive about somebody, tell them and just be open
9: and be honest. Be
16: honest to people. It's just, there's no reason, there's enough going on in this industry that's full of hate, controversy, just negativity where We should all be, you know, banding together, pun intended on that
0: one, so. And next we have Mallory from Reverb.
17: Um, Speaking kind of from a social media specific background, it's really important um, when you're looking to speak to an underserved demographic, that if you're not a part of that demographic, you need to make sure that you're collaborating with people who can speak from a place of knowledge. You can't speak on behalf of something that you're not familiar with. And I think that um, a lot of companies do that really well. Um, A lot of people that are higher up in companies that maybe don't have a very diverse history are starting to ask those questions and really check that privilege. Um, which is really encouraging. Um, But it's something that everybody needs to work on and everybody could certainly do more.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, just walking around here, having conversations with folks, there's a lot of people who are like, I would like, we would like to do more. (laughs) Like, how can we do more? Which is really, really refreshing to hear too. Um, Since you're coming from a social media perspective, is there thoughts that you have around, um, I think one thing that I think about a lot is like the comments in social media
17: as someone who's managing that. Do you have thoughts about that? Definitely, I mean, it's true what you hear is that people are always telling you don't read the comments, but it's actually really important to read the comments and see kind of where your audience's temperature is. And um, there are certain situations, obviously, and this is true in any industry, the music industry or otherwise, um, where there's a line that you kind of need to draw in the sand about what's acceptable and what isn't. And it's, it, it can get a little bit, you know, blurry. And for me personally, um, our audience is actually really, they've been really wonderful. And the more that we serve them uh, content that is meant for a broader audience, they tend to be pretty accepting of it. And even if they don't understand it, they'll ask questions, which is something that is a delight, in my opinion, is because I really appreciate that people are learning and not just rejecting. Um, so in a social media sphere, certainly it's tough sometimes. Um, if you, if you're seeing, you know, hateful or disparaging comments, but I think that's happening less and less because the people that are using social media are starting to really understand that like there's a space for their opinion, but not every piece of content is for them. And that's important to remember.
0: Attendees, Alexa and Jada
18: what you can do to make it better is just like rep, have an equality like scout female drummers that are good like even if they have like a low following like like scout for the talents like like they'll have make it an equal exchange because then we're gonna feel more intimidated in the music industry and also i've noticed like because coming from a music production student Um, that's my major by the way I'm in college Um, there's very few odd female audio engineers and producers in the industry Um, it's about five percent and there's an organization called women's audio mission and they have um, they, they you can subscribe to it and there's all these events and workshops and like when you sign up for it you'll get free catalogs and like invited to all these conferences and conventions so that's something you should keep in mind this
0: is attendee erica and she is uh talking about taylor guitars here and taylor swift
20: i think just support and all levels especially um i come from kind of like a little marketing background so marketing is huge so really owning who the like who owns their brands Uh, As I mentioned before, like Taylor Swift, like they own it. And there's kind of just that exposure in all platforms is really important. And just uh, awareness for sure on uh, what that brand, who that brand is representing.
0: Here we have attendees Sunshine and Nirvana again.
19: For for me personally, like an issue I've always had is like going into like retail stores, like going into like Sam Ash or Guitar Center and like people just assuming that like I don't know what I'm doing or what I'm here for and like it's just kind of like a little degrading sometimes because like I, like I don't know, they just assume I'm shopping for like my brother or like a boyfriend or something and it's just kind of like, "Oh, are you sure you know what you're looking for?" And I'm like, "Yeah, well, I've been playing for a little bit, so yeah." <laughs> I've got this. Thank you very much. It's, it's refreshing when you see a girl at the counter too, because like they really do treat like men and women the same, and it's not necessarily. I think it's because they know what it's like too, because they probably go through the same thing. So it's more like, how can I help you, or like, what are you looking for, rather than like, are you sure you know what you're talking about? It's it's two different vibes you get. I I just think it's kind of separated that there. It's either like no girls involved or like they throw one in for diversity or it's like all about girl power and I feel like it's not really just showing the co-ed side of just like simply existing together not necessarily it's like one or the other.
21: Although I'm all about girl power, all girl bands, I'm for it man. I think there's a lot of all male bands and not enough all female bands. I'm all about girl power, I'm all about, but I'm about coexisting too you know, making it work, whatever, whatever we have to do. To be seen in this world, we will do it. Here we have
0: attendee Johanna again. I would tell them to do a better
21: job.
14: <laughs> <laughs> what does that look like for you? It looks like actually um, in practice, not uh, thinking that you're a savior in terms of like we need to start, say, a program that highlights women in music or f- something like that. Women in music have been here the entire time. So I think it's more about unlearning a lot of male privilege and thinking that there's a certain kind of quality that is uh, ascribed to men and not something that women are accept- able to access. So in a nutshell, it's like do better because it's, we're already doing it all. Um, you just have to pay attention.
0: And here we have attendee Dina.
4: Well, I would say for them to keep doing what they're doing, however, I would like to see more women in the field of music, as well as being on the board, as well as being in the classrooms as educators. Uh, I would definitely make sure that they would understand that we definitely have to be diverse with bringing our women into more of what's
0: happening in the music. Attendees Sarah, John, Shilpa, and Raj again.
24: Sponsoring diverse artists and female artists is a big one because even as we're walking around and we're seeing people playing, it's nice to see like a more diverse group. I mean, even the like crowd here is not that diverse, but it's great to see like diverse musicians because it, it's more representative of what's out there represent your equipment and be like a face of your brand and
22: then that connects the diversity with your brand i think i think kind of with that um these retailers if, if if a good portion of their content is sharing the stories about these artists and sharing part of their journey so not just taking a picture with them holding the gear but also sharing like how did you get to where you are what did it take to get here what obstacle all that stuff it's part of um that's how we connect through this little screen that's how we connect is like hearing um you know people that like look like us and you know right it makes it more human the same obstacles to different people yeah
9: i would just say also with just recruiting within the industry you know into more uh business roles and also um you know walking around here one thing i said to john was like Like the first thing I saw, I was like, it's just a sea of men. So maybe inviting more women to these types of events. And having
24: women be the ones that are representing your boots so that people can talk and interact with women as well. Yeah.
23: I think they said everything. Um, But yeah, just a real, uh, ensuring that you have a concerted effort and a plan in place and you're not just haphazardly attempting to hire on a few more women or hire on a few more people from minority groups. I think. Um, you need to have a consistent and a constant attention to, attention to this kind of topic. And it is uh, a lot of it, uh, I think, is the behind-the-scenes work that needs to be more inclusive and more diverse. And that will lead to a more diverse NAMM overall as a show.
24: With social media, that's a lot easier for retailers to do is to t- target that, like, female and minority demographics and also to reach out to people that way with like, contests and sponsorships and things like that. It's easier now.
0: And we're going to close out this conversation with Liz from Diadario.
8: Well, the cool thing about that is that you can support the the spreading of and support of inclusion at all walks of your organization. And to share a story about that, um, the the president of KHS, um, he in you know by way of swim kind of helps to translate his thoughts on hiring from the top so from a leadership perspective you can make the choice to look for candidates that may or may not be the ones that are right in front of you so if you are in search of someone to fill a role try and figure out whether there are qualified candidates not necessarily in the exact industry that you may be looking in but that still might have a lot of those same skills cuz you can teach you can teach the the skill building part of it as it extends to the music products industry, but you can't teach someone how to look or think differently, you know. That part is a little bit harder, I'll say, to put it eloquently. Um, so he made the choice in searching for, I believe it was his head of marketing. He looked outside of the industry and hired a woman and he was like, I had to choose to do that or else I maybe wouldn't have. And since doing so, he is actually, KHS is another organization, he has actually helped to support a 50-50 gender split basically by this point after making a lot of those choices along the way. On the other side, if you're not necessarily in a leadership position, um, you can still be a leader in supporting inclusion by getting to know your colleagues and the new hires, making sure that people that get brought into the organization feel supported, um, and making sure that if there is an opportunity to adjust or to fix something or address something, that you are supporting that as well. If If you can help to support Um, dialogue around that, then it will become a more comfortable idea for everyone involved in the organization. From the bottom to the top, it's, it's definitely something that everyone should and can get involved in. Just gotta want it. Just gotta want it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And honestly, you know, the more, the more voices and perspectives you bring into these kinds of things, the better your products are, the more effective your marketing is, the, the more diverse your offerings can be. And I think that that's a really good way to do business.
0: So we've got some work to do, um, but we've got a lot of great ideas here to listen back to, to uh, use as kind of fodder for getting started. So... Ideas around hiring, inclusion and support of hired workers once they are on staff, supporting uh, cis women, trans, non-binary folks, staff of color when they are part of the organization, being really intentional around representation in social media and marketing. Um, and, you know, there's a reason that Fender and Earthquaker and some of those folks got referenced a lot. So looking to the work that they're doing is helpful. And, of course, thinking about folks who are already um doing work with uh, cis women, trans non-binary folks, She Shreds, Tom Tom, Swim, Girls Rock Camps, all of those folks are great references for how to make real change in those spaces, in gear spaces in particular. Thanks so much to all of my interviewees. Um, I had such a great time doing these interviews and I really appreciate people taking the time out of their uh, nam to talk to me about this stuff. Um, Check the show notes for references for artists and bands that you might be uh, curious about that folks mentioned. And if you have a question about or idea around gender music and music gear, send it my way. I'd love to talk to anybody (laughs) who wants to talk about it. Um, And please, if you haven't yet, if you are a cis woman, trans or non-binary, gender expansive person and you want to Share your experiences around gender and music gear. Um, I have a survey about that. I want to get some more folks to complete it, and then I'm going to compile that information and share that out in another episode. So go to my website, uh, hillarybjones.com slash midriff, and you can take the gender and music gear experiences survey. Thanks so much, and we'll check you next time.